Hey everybody, welcome back to our daily study. We're finally made it to Second Thessalonians in our daily study. This is going to be the whole book in one shot, so. It's a good one. I like it. So take a minute and say a prayer real quick before we get started. And then, of course, if there's anything that we can do, anything that we can lift up in prayer, if there's anything you need, if you need a Bible that you can, you know, be studying from, um, anything that we can do, seriously, let us know. Just go to aphomechurch.com, and you can message us there. Um, all of our info, everything's on there. We'd love to connect with you, lift your family up in prayer, help if we can help. Um, if there's any questions we can answer, things we can clear up, all of it. We're here to serve and to do this and anything. Seriously, reach out to us. Mm -hmm. That's what we're here for. You going to start reading? Yeah. Verse 1. This letter is from Paul, Silas, and Timothy. We're writing to the church in Thessalonica. To you who belong to God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. Dear brothers and sisters, we can't help but thank God for you because your faith is flourishing and your love for one another is growing. We proudly tell God's other churches about your endurance and faithfulness and all the persecutions and hardships you are suffering. And God will use this persecution to show his justice and to make you worthy of his kingdom for which you are suffering. In his justice, he will pay back those who persecute you. And God will provide rest for those of you who are being persecuted. And also for us, when the Lord Jesus appears from heaven, he will come with his mighty angels in flaming fire, bringing judgment on those who don't know God and on those who refuse to obey the good news of our Lord Jesus Christ. Obviously, this is a completely, in verse 8 here, this is a completely different event than being caught up in the clouds and being one in it being a happy hunky dory story mm -hmm. uh, this is clearly a completely different event so this would be the second coming mm -hmm. um, bringing judgment on those who don't know God and those who refuse to obey and God providing rest for you who are being persecuted and also for us when the Lord Jesus appears from heaven Right, so that's when, that's when our persecution will finally end, is when we're with Christ. Mm -hmm. Obviously, this um, it says when the Lord Jesus appears, so that indicates that this is going to Christian suffering is going to last all throughout Paul's day, all the way up until this moment. Which would be the catching up to be with the Lord. And then when the persecute, which that's when we receive that rest. But when the persecution finally comes to an end is when he brings in judgment when he comes on the second coming. With all of his holy, holy angels in flaming fire bringing judgment. Mm -hmm. So we receive the rest as soon as we are caught up to be with the Lord. 
the judgment is executed once he returns yes. on earth. I wanted to clarify that because that's kind of a confusing verse for people. Yeah, the, the whole rapture, the catching up, the second coming, I know that can be a very confusing... People have a hard time, I think, a lot of times. They're commonly mixed up, and it's just kind of hard to... That's one of the verses that they say that it's a problematic verse for the pre-tribulational rapture. Mm. I don't see it as problematic. I, I identify it as problematic, as, as people, some people call it. I don't see it as problematic at all. Um it literally says it'll provide Seems rest for enough. you who are being persecuted. <laughs> yeah. Also for us when the Lord Jesus appears from heaven. Um, like in first Thessalonians four sixteen, it says the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a command. And then it goes on to say that those of us who are alive and remain are gonna be caught up in the Lord, uh, in the air to meet the Lord and forever what they'll be. Okay, this is nothing about the Lord's physical return to earth, except for in Second Thessalonians, it goes into the second part of it and saying that the judgment will occur when the he Lord stop, steps foot. Yes. But the rest becomes before then. So I don't see that as, as problematic at all. Verse 9, sorry. They will be punished with eternal destruction, forever separated from the Lord and from his glorious power. When he comes on that day, he will receive glory from his holy people, praise from all who believe. And this includes you, for you believed what we told you about him. Okay, when he comes on that day, he will receive glory from his holy people, which would be the Jews. And praise from all who believe, who would be all the Gentiles outside who believe now because this is the end of the tribulation and this includes you for you believed what we told you about him so we who are with the Lord return to earth with the Lord and celebrate in this time of the holy people who believe the Gentiles or the tribulation saints who have gone through the tribulation and then us who come with the Lord it's a celebration so we kept on praying for you asking our God to enable you sorry continuing verse 11 so we kept on praying for you asking our God to enable you to live a life worthy of his call may he give you the power to accomplish all the good things that your faith prompts you to do then the name of our Lord Jesus will be honored because of the way you live, and you will be honored along with him. This is all made possible because of the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah, we kind of flew through chapter 1 going into chapter 2 here, though. Obviously, the Thessalonian believers were kind of confused and upset about the timing of the coming of the Lord. The timing in the in the process and the events of how exactly this unfolded they were kind of only uh, kind of like the biggest deal that we have to look forward to yeah so it's it's kind of funny like knowing what we know now and paul's like 
All right, let me just clarify it. He told you guys this stuff before. Mm-hmm. We're like, yeah, but now, 2,000 years later, we're still fighting about it. Nothing has changed. Nothing is new under the sun. Or I guess not not fighting about it, but confused about it. I guess sure. that'd probably be the better term. <laughs> yes. So, with all of that, verse 1. Now, dear brothers and sisters, let us clarify some things about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and how we will be gathered to meet him. Don't be so easily shaken or alarmed by those who say that the day of the Lord has already begun. Don't believe them, even if they claim to have had a spiritual vision, a revelation, or a letter supposedly from us. Don't be fooled by what they say. So he's saying the day of the Lord that has already begun that would obviously the day of the Lord beginning that would mean that there would be judgment and that, that there would be this Jesus Christ would be sitting on the Davidic throne in Jerusalem and ruling from Jerusalem if the day of the Lord had already occurred and Paul's basically pointing out, and he's saying, um, well, he, he's going to go on to say, don't be confused because look around you. Jesus isn't here rating and everything. That's not happening. That hasn't happened yet, so don't worry about that. that that's not. And again, because we are in this time where there is so much division within the church and there are so many different theologies, which I get it. People can interpret scriptures differently. That's only natural. But we must weigh everything with scripture and not just cherry-picked verses here and there, but the whole thing in context, how it works as one cohesive time you know one one cohesive story how does this all fit together and so that's something when you are looking at these divisions within in times theology eschatology um some things i mean just with this bit right here i mean they don't add up they mm -hmm. they this isn't his kingdom like this isn't this time it hasn't happened yet you guys like he will quite literally physically be ruling king of the world out of Jerusalem like until that happens <laughs> you'll know when that happens I promise there is an argument against this not being the case there were some Gnostic teachers in the in the church that were coming in and, and causing all kinds of things inside the church so that's definitely taken into account here but but again, that's the purpose I don't of think, weighing everything. Uh, yeah, the all picture. on the other the other side of the argument, the evidence to me doesn't weigh in to anything because clearly Paul's stating here that these the Thessalonian believers were worried and concerned that something had already happened, like the yeah. kingdom was already there, and they were looking around, going, "Wait, this is what? This is going to be." my level of life, life. <laughs> this, is, where this is it like i'm not gonna be any better than this and it's going to be 
Well, and that's why I love, and you recommend all the time, Andy Woods when it comes to this end time stuff. Yeah, he's he got a He was a book. lawyer, so the way that he goes about it is very much, let's look at all of the possibilities, let's hold them mm-hmm. up to scripture and see where this falls. Sure. What is the rational explanation we can get from this? And I think the only rational explanation you can get from... The letter, we don't know exactly what was contained in the letter, but obviously it was something that was causing confusion about the t- <laughs> the, the kingdom or <clears throat> the coming of Jesus, the, the return of Christ. Yes. So this has always been a sense of, or this has always been a uh, topic of debate uh, between Christians and Since the false teachers and... Since the beginning. Verse 3? Yep. Don't be fooled by what they said. No, I did read, I read that you already. You were like in the middle of 3, though. Okay. For that day will not come unless there is a great rebellion against God, and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the one who brings destruction. This yeah. would be the Antichrist. He will exalt himself and defy everything that people call God and every object to worship. He will even sit in the temple of God, claiming that he himself is God. I'll stop right here again. Okay. Paul is speaking of here, he's speaking of the Antichrist going into a rebuilt temple in Jerusalem and sitting down and claiming himself as the Messiah. There is another side of this argument that denies that this is what Paul is speaking of. They say that this was fulfilled pre-temple destruction, possibly by Nero, although it doesn't fit into anything else with that thought. So I don't buy into that one. Well, and that's the point where, so clearly here, there's going to be this man of lawlessness, antichrist, whatever, you know, term you want to use, and he's going to exalt himself in the temple of God. Okay, well, the temple was destroyed. That means there must be a third temple. The temple then is going to quite literally be the antichrist temple. And that's what's so amazing when you when you say pay attention to the signs of the times and what's going on and be aware. I don't know if anybody knows this, but the third temple is like a millisecond away from being rebuilt in Jerusalem. Well, and that's what that's what's funny about this type of um, this type of argument against it is yeah. like which normally bef- prior to prior to just recently. Sure. This argument was made saying that, okay, well, anything that Israel does basically now, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It had and it to just, have been. It was convenient. It's just, it's just coincidental that they're back in the land with the same language and the same people and all these other things. It's coincidental. And God, Everything it, it, yeah, it has nothing to do with God. Mm-hmm. Because God saves not, and they don't claim that He doesn't save the Jews. He just says that because He does, and He offers the same salvation to them. 
but they claim that he just doesn't there's no divine purpose for the the literal state of Israel anymore. Yeah. <clears throat> well, prior up until recently when you look at these type of uh these type of things that are that are starting to gain serious traction. Yeah. Meaning even though it doesn't mean a whole lot politically, it really kind of does in the same manner with the U.S. embassy move to Jerusalem. While it, it, it while it's still going to take time and and all this other, not, and it's not as big as definitely these some of these crazy prophetic people are going off as. It's like it's yes, you know, you need to be careful because yes, it's definitely. You know, it's definitely worth noting some of these things, but you can get way, like way off the chain dunk. with it. Yeah. <laughs> but with these things happening and these things really starting getting traction, and now we're legitimately talking about a peace plan. And even if, and it's not just a peace plan in a laugh off way, it's talking about a legitimate peace plan. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to get too far off on this but i mean these things are starting to give weight to this other side view of saying that this is indeed going to be a literal rebuilt jewish temple in the way of they think that they are building a temple to the lord but it's the temple to the antichrist well yeah and that's where you look at like the temple institute and they have everything ready to go i mean they've been making all the things doing all the stuff i mean old testament tells you exactly how these things must be and they're they're done all of it they've even gmo engineered the the red heifers well and that's what's that's what and and that's what another people that um oppose the pre-tribulational rapture view which pre-tribulational rapture view you have to hold a literal place for Israel yes. in your viewpoint. So that's why I I, I only mention the pre-tribulational view yes. when I say this. But uh, that in that pre-tribulational view, yeah, this is they they tend to go off saying you know the red heifer's born, Jesus coming today. It's like this no. big deal. It's like. No, it 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 means absolutely nothing in the begin in the in the heart of the matter that the red heifer was born. It means absolutely nothing. However, it means everything. The fact that they are attempting to create yes. this red heifer by this is a GMO red heifer. They're literally attempting to create this perfect heifer, and and. This just goes along with that. It's not God who gave them the it's perfect sacrifice. It's not God sacrifice. who gave that. It's, the, it's, it. it's the they're literally making this antichrist temple. temple. It is a it's a forfeit temple. It's not real. Yeah. This is this is not the real temple. But this is they will literally the physically dim- happening. They will today. use the dimensions of. The real, yeah, the yeah, real yeah. temple. They have the dimensions, and, and they have the, the dimensions of Ezekiel's third temple yeah. that they think. Then there's still stones that they're not even sure completely, but yet they're they think they've got them all figured out and they've got it compromised even if they don't. So, yeah. and these are more things that they're just like you. Okay, you can't be trying this many things and this many things can can't keep falling into place. Like I don't. There's no way that a third temple gets built on top of that temple mount 
and it doesn't mean anything to God. I mean, to me, the fact that the Jews would literally come back into the land, build a temple back to the Lord, recapture Jerusalem, bring the temple back to the Lord, would be a little bit more than anything that any human group could possibly do on their own. This is a deep issue here. This is something that was obviously obviously done by God and the proof of that is just of how much is fighting against Israel itself as a nation to exist and yet the nation itself continues to get stronger yeah so there's just a lot more at work here than it just being coincidental sure continuing in verse 5 Don't you remember that I told you about all this when I was with you? And you know what is holding him back. For he can be revealed only when his time comes. Okay. What is holding him? Andy Woods has got... This is another Andy Woods that I want to throw out there. And again, I have a lot of different qualms with Andy Woods. But he's a great biblical teacher. Especially when it comes to this. And he's got a great study on... He really is. But he's got a great study on this. On what's holding the restrainer. Because this is... The NLT, this is like really weird version and and weird wording. But it was... You know, this is the idea where you get the restrainer. Um, And Andy Woods does a whole sermon on this. What that restrainer is. And he contends that, and he does a whole big long presentation on it, contending that the restrainer could be the rapture of the church, as opposed to the way that these translations translate it on um, this being the one who is holding back, um, which we'll go into verse 7, I'll read. But in verse 7 it says, the one who is holding it back steps out of the way. Mm-hmm. Instead of that being transferred as like that's being a a person or an event or something, he contends it's it could be the rapture of the church, which is an interesting point that he brings up in it um, for what would be what is holding the Antichrist back from being revealed onto the world mm-hmm. stage. So, going into verse 7. For this lawlessness is already at work secretly, and it will remain secret until the one who is holding it back steps out of the way. So, um, there's obviously another um, great argument that um, obviously we know that right now we have you know the holy spirit is is in dwelling within, dwelling within all believers mm-hmm. but once obviously the tribulation starts in the in the church is removed mm-hmm. well in a sense the holy spirit does no longer dwell upon the earth and the all these people and yeah. all these people so that would be restraining the antichrist from being able to or the one stage. that would be holding something back yeah. that would be need to be out of the way so something that could that could come across. Yeah. Uh, verse 8. Mm-hmm. The man of lawlessness will be revealed, 
but the Lord Jesus will slay him with the breath of his mouth and destroy him by the splendor of his coming. <laughs> this man will come to do the work of Satan with counterfeit powers and signs and miracles. He will use every kind of evil deception to fool those on their way to destruction because they refuse to love and accept the truth that would save them. So God will cause them to be greatly deceived and they will believe these lies. They will be condemned for enjoying evil rather than believing the truth. See, a lot of this never happened pre-temple destruction with any Roman emperor mm -hmm. or anything like that. So you can't. That's, to me, what makes it a very difficult argument to hold to this being fulfilled. Well, it's a prior. process of elimination. Yeah, you have to do a lot of things. You know, everybody I mean, has these was... different things, and it's like, well, way it was scripture. Does it still hold up? Right, but, I mean, we see... You know, we see the idea of the the false trinity kind of coming up. You know, the anti-trinity coming with the antichrist. Um, it says, this man will come to do the work of Satan. Mm -hmm. So it's, you know, it, it's... Just like Jesus came Right, to everything is just a counterfeit Christ. Yes. Um, and obviously there's a huge, there's a large, great deception during this period of time which there has to be right we are looking at most of these most of the jews will believe that this is the messiah yeah <clears throat> because of all of his counterfeit wonders and miracles and he comes into the temple claims that he's the messiah he changes things he confirms this covenant everybody believe oh my gosh this has to be because again if you remember when you look at jesus this has to be mishiach yeah, they're because that's what they're expecting, and that was the big problem. When you look at the Pharisees, um, when you look at the Jews, when Jesus came, well, he didn't go in and overthrow Rome and put the Jew back in charge, and they were like, well, what are you doing? But when you look throughout all the Old Testament prophecies, there's two descriptions of a Messiah. Mm -hmm. There's the suffering servant, right, and then there's the almighty warrior ruling and reigning davidic throne you know man and so you do have some sects of jews who believe that there are literally going to be two independently separate messiahs literally one that's yeah that, there's one, one that's, the that's yeah but then you have the other jews they wanted the warrior they wanted the one that was going to come in and and fix things and do this and so when jesus didn't do that and he fulfilled the role of suffering servant that's why so many of them, they were so mad. They didn't believe, you know, you're not doing what we want you to be doing right now. We want you to be giving us more power and putting us all in charge and doing all of these things. And so when you see this Antichrist who is coming promising this peace and you know all of these great things that Jesus didn't do in the way, right? You look at like the Beatitudes where we started. He came in and gave you this whole flipped upside down kingdom picture and it's like, whoa, the meek, the suffering, the like right. They that's miss, not they what we wanted, miss, they, you know. And so this this antichrist is going to come in and tell them all the things they want to hear. They're gonna go, heck yeah, this guy. You know what I mean? But you see that, and it's like it, it just it blows your mind when you see this whole picture. You know, and it other. also blows your mind too that this is not something. This is something that the Jews over there today literally believe. Oh, yeah. This is something that the, the Prime Minister of Israel oh, is completely. coming out and, and saying, making these statements, believing that the United States is literally fulfilling bi biblical prophecy right yeah. now. 
and these, I mean, these things are stuff to pay attention to. They're not things to 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 scoff at, scoff at and go, oh, shut up. That's just a, like you, you don't just say that. Like that just doesn't come out. Like I I don't see how God would let that type of the, these types of things happen mm-hmm. without some sort of intervention or some sort of reality to what what's happening. So one of the, so it's either got to be true, mm-hmm. or I mean, he just lets it just get trampled on, which there's no that doesn't hold up. It, it just really doesn't hold up. No, not at well, all. And that's the real interesting point as we read through all of this. It is a fairly safe bet, I would say, that this person that is to be this man of lawlessness is alive and well in our world scene today. You know what I mean? When you look at all be. of these things and you look around and you go, yeah, could be. I don't know anything and I'm not here to speculate. But no, the because point it, being, if we look at the whole Well, picture, the evil is already at work. So Satan has been at work since the day that, you know, that since before this was written. Oh, of course. That he has been at work in, in this whole plan. He's not sure on the timing, but he has a whole anti-kingdom set up ready Which to go. Which is where you can look through the world history and see many antichrists well, that and, have come. And that's what I was just going to say. You can you you can see that Satan only has the world and the world events the way that it unfolds. So he has to he has to wait, you know. He is in subjection to God, so he has to wait on timing. But he knows the way that the world events are unfolding and he's at work in all of the nations. That's what another argument again and we really need to start start reading, I'm sorry. But another argument against all of this is the fact that right now, currently in this church age, the opposition argument says that Satan is bound and he's no longer deceiving the nations anymore. I don't think I that God hunts at all. Look plenty deceived, and I think they look plenty right, but they mean that in the way of, in a layman's way, that Christianity will never disappear. That's in all. That's in the just a. It does no justice to what that actually means, but in a layman's way, that's basically the idea that yeah. it says. So, but, um, Satan is currently deceiving all of the nations and and moving and and moving pieces in only the ways that he can which are counterfeit that's the only way that he can move is going to be on our counterfeit level mm-hmm. so that's what you see these events that are that are moving into place they're going oh yeah there's nothing to it those are fake that's like, exactly that's the exa- that's Satan at work. But the powers that be here in this earth, I mean, we all know there are there are people that run the world behind the scenes. That's not just me being tinfoil hat Heidi. We know that there's things sure. going on in the world. We know all these weird Bilderberg groups and all these weird things that happen and things that get together. There's all kinds of stuff going on. Here you go, what Alex. You- You're going to get out in front of one. You don't even know. You and Alex Jones be out in Bilderberg meeting. You have no idea. Screaming. Do you want me to? Do you want to edit be Eddie Bravo right now? You want to go that? <laughs> but be Eddie Bravo. Let's <laughs> Bravo. Sorry. I will, I will fight you. I don't you know right why now. we brought that up. <laughs> um, I don't mean that, you guys. I'm joking. But um, 
but we know. I mean, these things are real. These things they are. happen. And what do you think this the, these powers that be on Earth already? They're safe. No, I'm laughing at you while I'm talking about a literal invisible evil spirit that is but working really throughout happening. the. No, I know that is what's really <laughs> happening, and that's what I'm saying though is that he could only work in ways that are that are. Uh, on, in front of us, in the ways that, that, that in the world, the, the, we can't, he's definitely a lot smarter than we are. Sure. But well, we he also knows know his days that are he's, numbered. he's counterfeit. So yeah. yes, the fact that, um, you know, Israel is, is raising these things up un, unknowingly. Mm-hmm. And doing these things, it, no, and, and to God doesn't mean anything at all. But to Satan and to this deception that's coming means everything. Mm-hmm. And all of this, just this, this counterfeit temple that's going to be built, this counterfeit... Uh, peace plan that's going to be instilled. Well, and I see here in this part too where they're saying they're going to, they refuse to accept the truth that would save them. That would be Christ. And we're talking mm. about the world here too. So obviously the Jewish people, and we know all the deception with that, but he's saying that there's going to be this evil deception. Okay, so if this thing, in context here, if this thing that was holding him back is now gone and that thing was the rapture of the church... How are you going to explain all these missing people? Even if the number of people being raptured is much smaller than you may think it is, that's still a lot of people. How are you going to explain? There has to be some explanation. There has to be some, and we know that the people that are left are already the people who have refused to love God and accept the truth. So some deception, some evil deception will easily come upon them that will allow them to believe that as that is the answer, right? Because if everybody just went, oh, those crazy Christians talking about they're going to disappear one day, that was it. God is real. You know what I mean? Like, we know that there's something here, and I feel like this just so clearly, you know, is explaining that. Yeah, I think so. They will believe the lies, and then they will be condemned for enjoying evil rather than believing the truth. That's really, I don't see where we can't picture this happening if you look around at the world today so verse 13 yeah they, i mean they they will they will be greatly deceived they will believe mm-hmm. these lies these things that are going these counterfeit lies again everything yeah. is counterfeit so well i think you read verse 12 already so maybe i shouldn't just go into 13 <laughs> oh, i thought you had already read it no, I think I stopped and when. Uh, well, we don't know because we've been talking for so long. But you but said I just 12, so I'll go to 13. As for us, we can't help but thank God for you, dear brothers and sisters loved by the Lord. We are always thankful that God chose you to be among the first to experience salvation, a salvation that came through the Spirit who makes you holy and through your belief in the truth. He called you to a salvation when we told you the good news. Now you can share in the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. With all these things in mind, dear brother and sister, stand firm and keep a strong grip on the teaching we passed on to you, both in person and by letter. 
Now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father who loved us and by his grace give us eternal comfort and a wonderful hope. Comfort you and strengthen you in every good thing you do and say. So that closes out chapter 2. That one was a pretty good one. Pretty long one though. So good. Well, there's, there's so long much. one and when I say long one though, I mean long one in the way of me rambling on for about thirty like minutes on it. Sixteen seventeen verses and I mean look at the type of context there. So it's worth it. Yeah. Chapter three. So let's go into chapter three. Finally, dear brothers and sisters, we ask you to pray for us. Pray that the Lord's message will spread rapidly and be honored wherever it goes just as when it came to you. Pray, too, that we will be rescued from wicked and evil people, for not everyone is a believer. But the Lord is faithful. He will strengthen you and guard you from the evil one. And we are confident in the Lord that you are doing and will continue to do the things we commanded you. May the Lord lead your hearts into a full understanding and expression of love of God and the patient endurance that comes from Christ. And now, dear brothers and sisters, we give you this command in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Stay away from all believers who live idle lives and don't follow the tradition they receive from us. For you know that you ought to imitate us. We were not idle when we were with you. We never accepted food from anyone without paying for it. We worked hard day and night so we would not burden any of you. We certainly had the right to ask you to feed us. But we wanted to give you an example to follow. Even while we were with you, we gave you this command. Those unwilling to work will not get to eat. Yet we hear that some of you are living out of lives, refusing to work and meddling in other people's business. We command such people and urge them in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to settle down and to work to earn their own living. This is, I'll stop right here, but this is something that I had to... Uh, point out to somebody earlier this afternoon on Instagram that the tradition that they learned from Paul that the Thessalonians learned from Paul was the tradition of working hard with yes. your hands and making your own living. Not any other man-made traditions that are being passed around. Not any other man-made like traditions or anything it's like that. To work it and was not to be work. Lazy. And he goes on to literally explain those traditions further down in the verse. If yes. if you continue to read down and that would be where he says, those unwilling to work will not get to eat. Those who are living, he tells you to stay away from those living idle lives. These are these people are not walking in the tradition that they received. That's not how they were told. That's not how they were taught to live this life. Yes. Remember, this is Paul's gospel that Christ gave to Paul. So it's not Paul's gospel, but it was a gospel that he preached, which was Christ's gospel. Yes. So that's what I meant by that. Um, but that was... That was the the tradition that he was he was teaching him speaking of. He was not speaking of anything. But again, we weigh everything by scripture and mm-hmm. scripture beginning through end. Genesis chapter one 
explains God working six days resting on the Sabbath. So the story of scripture, the tradition that has been handed down and has been what you have been told to do from the very beginning is to not be lazy, to not be idle. Go and work, do what you need to do, and observe a Sabbath. You know what I mean? Like that. It's not like this thing we're being told here is completely wonky, out of the blue. What is this? I don't know what to do with that. No, this is the tradition we're speaking of. Yes. So. In case there was any confusion. <laughs> That's right. Verse 11? Yep. Nope. Well, you tell me I'm wrong. 13. As for the rest of you, dear brothers and sisters, never get tired of doing good. Take note of those who refuse to obey what we said in this letter. Stay, stay away from them so they will not be ashamed. Don't think of them as enemies, but warn them as you would a brother or sister. Now may the Lord of Wait, peace... Hold on. Let's just note real quick. Again, this which we need to do a separate podcast on this, but again, this is us being instructed specifically... To take note of those who refuse to obey what we say in this letter. To be aware of those who are claiming to be followers of Christ and not living as we are clearly instructed to do. And to stay away from them so that they will be ashamed. This isn't cool. We have to, there's a certain level of, you know, agree to disagree, but then there's truth. And if we are claiming Christ's name and not walking in this truth, then there's serious stuff to come from that. And it's not this all-inclusive, never judge, everybody can do whatever they want to do, just free for all. That is going to be a very necessary podcast that we are going to do very, very soon. Yep, okay, verse 16. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you his peace at all times and in every situation. The Lord be with you all. Here's my greeting in my own handwriting. Paul, I do this in all my letters to prove they are from me. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Obviously, he wrote these letters. He probably wrote these letters a little bit big. Maybe like the letters all wonky. <laughs> um, for the for the little final greeting part of this, so that's what. That's why he's so specifying that it's in his own handwriting, right? Right, exactly. For him, but exactly. So that's just why like he's if specifying you would have a secretary. But then he's also letter. right. But he's also specifying that too is because there's these letters that was passing around saying mm. that they were from Paul that was completely messing up their their theology. So on. like how if on Instagram or Twitter, if you have like the blue check mark next to you, that's how we know it's like officially you. Yeah, like, Paul was verified. Is, yeah, he was verified. That's what he's doing here because yeah. there's counterfeits. Alright, that's it for Second Thessalonians. So, join us. Um, I, um... What? I hope we'll get a lot of questions about this one. Yeah, we'd love to hear them. I think that we might. I know I offered, um... <laughs> Some of my opinion in there, which I really, really try not to do in these. I mm -hmm. really don't want this to come off as my opinion. I really want this to be. I just want to read the Bible and tell people what it says and what it what it doesn't say. Yeah. 
and and that's more important is what I guess what people try to make it say that it really doesn't and it's simple and this is God's word and this is the only source that we need or for we anything. have yeah for anything yeah the parts that I added my opinion in and try to give you both views but even Paul puts in his opinion sure but I try to put in two, you know, I didn't do much justice to the other view. And I just gave a quick rundown of it. that's not the point of this discussion. But that's discussion. not the point of this discussion. Right. I don't want to turn this into apologetics where I'm debating and arguing. But if I'm going to read something where I know that I'm going to probably get questions from it or people are going to want to discuss it um, and there are things that are, you know, we're not talking statements like for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. You know, we're not talking about John three sixteen here. These are verses that are very, very difficult to understand if you're and you you gotta be careful, otherwise you can ignorant and you can twist them to mean something they completely don't. Yeah. Because there are some things here that are not direct. Sure. Because he's like uh, don't you remember I, when I was there? I told you all of this stuff. Yeah, I don't. And I'm like, I don't know what you said. Okay, Paul. No, I don't. <laughs> Wasn't Please. there? Do you mind writing it down, buddy? But I think it was really great. It was awesome to go through it. We're excited to have you guys um, come join us again tomorrow. We're going to go into the letter um, Colossians. We're going to read chapters one and two, and then Sunday we will go into our. Um, Matthew study that we're continuing to do um, and then Saturday at noon on our YouTube channel we'll have a live if you guys want to come and chat with us say hey ask questions stuff like that um, super excited to just continue working through all of this and reading with you guys we really enjoy yeah it. but I really hope you um, I really hope everybody enjoyed this I know I had fun going through it I wanted to spend more time in different areas but we will all we will come back to all of them I promise and so, if you guys want some different clarification on different things, Just I ask. know that the End Times podcast that we're going to do yes. will include most of these verses and a breakdown of them. That's where we'll go a lot deeper. So, that's where we'll go into a lot deeper into these things. But share it with the kids and teach the kids. Our kids love learning about all this stuff and looking forward to it. You know what I mean? Like, it's not just a topic for mom and dad. The kids can understand this and enjoy studying into it as well with you. Our whole family does it together, and we really enjoy yeah, it. Yeah, we, we don't, we um, we don't, you know, we'll teach our kids that Jesus is coming, but then we, you know, and, and that's few and far between that parents do that. I know that we have a lot of people that do teach their kids that, yeah. so that's, that's awesome. But uh, we are very few and far between when it comes to that. Or if it is, keep... Kids are just like, oh, yeah, Jesus is coming in. You know, it's just something that you say, but they don't understand a reality to it. Sure. Our kids understand this as a real reality of a real person, a We're real king. For a trumpet right. Blast. The real, the real, the I am. Mm -hmm. Like, they understand that this is him. Yeah. And they understand that it could be any moment that, that trumpet sounds. Fingers crossed. So we need to make sure and get our kids excited about a Encourage literal, each other with these words. A real, but a real person. Yep. 
This isn't this isn't just storybook fairy nonsense at this point. This is this is where I'm going to use a really cheesy cliche, but this is where the rubber meets the road. Yeah. That was so bad. I'm sorry for that. <laughs> but it is because this is where it gets really serious when yeah. you're like, this is a real man. Things God are man. really going to happen right before our very eyes. Who is truly God and truly man. Yeah. That is going to return to the earth one day. Yeah. Pretty exciting stuff, and the kids can and can get in on it, too. So yeah. get them excited about it. All right, guys. Thanks for hanging out with us, and we'll see you tomorrow.